And now we join Mark Weber for the second hour of Garden Talk, where Mark is welcoming a special guest. What's the topic this morning, Mark? Christine, have you ever had a plant that was sick, or a tree that was sick, or a shrub that was sick, or a house plant that just didn't look very good? Yes, almost constantly. And so do you know how to diagnose those kind of things? No. Tell me how, Mark. Tell me how. In three minutes, we'll tell you how to diagnose plants one-on-one with Rich Pearson from Cox Arboretum and Gardens on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is Shepard Smith. You're listening to the Miami Valley's home for Fox News. And I'm Larry Hanskin, host of Miami Valley's Morning News, where we tell you the three big things you need to know every 15 minutes. And I'm Jamie Dupree in Washington, D.C. When we're not doing the news, we're talking about the news. And we're starting right now. Our Ask the Expert weekend continues on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. And a good Saturday morning and welcome back to Garden Talk here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. I also forgot one key point. We will have another What Plant Am I? Number two. Uh, once I write it, and I don't know how I'm going to get it all written with all things going on, but Mark will get her done. And uh, with your chance to win a $25 gift gift certificate or gift card from Knollwood Garden Center coming up sometime in the next two hours here on Garden Talk. A lot going on today. Also, join us live at GardenTalkBlog.com. Uh, we're going to be talking to Rich Pearson here in a few uh, uh, minutes. And also coming up at the bottom of this hour, we're going to talk about the important word called pH, the terminology pH and what it means and its ramifications and understanding as well. Come in right now, further ado, without up on the Hort hotline is the one and only Mr. Rich Pearson from Coxar Breeding and Gardens. And uh, I'm glad to hear that you're feeling better, sir. Well, thank you. It's good to be feeling better. <laughs> got knocked down for a little bit there. Yeah, it's really okay. We 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 all get knocked down, but the the whole the whole key uh, key though is to get back up again. Yep, dust it off and get back up. Rich, this is a really good topic. It's one that sometimes. Um, many dismiss as 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 an important skill set in our industry and i consider it uh, one of the most key essential parts of being a good horticulturalist in, in any sense if you're growing trees plants shrubs uh, annuals vegetables or whatever you may be growing uh, being able to diagnose is a really really important um, skill set that doesn't come um, to the faint of heart that's true, and it's but it's it's not that out of reach of anyone. And also for gardeners that are seeking help, mm-hmm. um, if they understand the process, it makes it a whole lot easier for everybody involved. I get a number of uh, visitors that ask me, "What's wrong with my plant?" I just decided to spray it with something. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But, or they'll hand me a sample of something that they've been carrying around for a week or two, and it's a little bit beyond recognition, even that it's a plant. So there are some pretty easy steps, and it's if you think about it, it's just common sense, and it's a it's a progressive series of of exploring questions that anybody can do to get them ready to determine if there really is a problem. Go right ahead, sir. Well, the first, you need to identify the host. And the host is the plant that we think may have a problem. Mm-hmm. And that's important because once you identify the host, it opens up all the information about what is normal for that particular plant. And right. sometimes what is normal for a plant is perceived as being a disease condition. Right. Uh, irrigated foliage is a really good example of that. Mm-hmm. Know, uh, know, know thy plant. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And know where it's native to because uh, that, you know, and that gets into some research. A lot of people get a little frightened by that. But if you know where a plant originated, you've got a pretty good idea of what the growing conditions are for that plant. And that gives us a clue as to how to best grow that plant so that it 
doesn't exhibit you know wilting or you know looking like it's struggling for every um, every last breath that it takes. Uh huh. So knowing the plant, um, then that information is good for the second question that I always ask, and we just covered those: is what are the normal conditions and and what is right for the plant? And I I talk about you know there is a there's actually a pine. But at first glance, looks like it has some kind of a horrible virus on it because the, there's a yellow, uh, repeating yellow band on on each pine, needle of the pine. But right. The dragon's eye pine, and it's normal. That's a natural variegation pattern, and it's not a disease condition. Correct. So we have to know what is normal, and then um, clearly identify what the symptoms are that we're looking for. And symptoms are not the disease and they are not the pest. The symptoms are basically the physical response of the plant to whatever may be going on. So that would be something like is are the leaves wilting? Mm-hmm. Um, are the leaves a funny color? Like symptomology. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a physical response and, and I hope folks are realizing we're not even getting to the anywhere near what is it yet. Mm-hmm. By the and way, by the way, it. I'm not ignoring you. I'm writing another one of these crazy "What plan am I?" things. <laughs> that first one was pretty good. I, I, <laughs> I was, I was very impressed that she got the actually got the species. Well, that's the. I'm making this hard. I really am. I tell you what, it, it's the, it, from my standpoint when I write these things, I'm going crazy because. They just take a lot of mental energy to put it together. Um, well, uh, I'm sure that will make John Scott proud. I mean, make make folks work for that prize. <laughs> I'm making them, man. There's, but it's become quite a competitive thing. They're calling as soon as I say it. They don't even. I don't even get to finish the answer. They, I, mean, I finished the question. They're calling and wanting to be line up like cordwood, and then they want, then they want to give me the answer from last week's show. You know, you know. That's, that's great. That's, that's participation is what we like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, okay, so we did number three, didn't we? Okay, so yes. I had five five questions that I had, my first questions. And then number four, what are the current growing conditions for the plant that's in question? Um, because and all of these questions are kind of interrelated. They're kind of a big circle um, of cause and effect and interaction. Mm-hmm. But is the plant currently on the south side of the house or the east side of the house? Uh, is it in full sun? Is it being exposed to strong winter wind? Uh, is it in shade part of the day? Uh, is it in a place that is episodically either extremely dry or extremely wet mm-hmm. or both? And for how long? Uh, what's the soil type? Right. Is it compacted clay or is it? extremely loose and, and drains extremely fast or is it construction fill? Those are all important questions to ask. And then finally, is there actually any visible visual evidence of a pest mm-hmm. on the or a disease condition? And this could be actually seeing some kind of an insect or is there a residue on the plant or is there some kind of a strange uh, swelling or sunken spot on the leaves or on the stems. Right. Uh, so that would indicate, yes, there is a presence of something. And so those are all the beginning questions. And then next week we'll talk about where to go from there. Very good. And by next week I will also have figured out how to uh, load in some really cool pictures that I have that I tried today and they just didn't work. <laughs> it's really okay. You're, 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 you're learning and getting. Did you see the video at GardenTalkBlog.com about how, how plants survive winter? I did not. Oh, oh it's really bad. it's really well done. I mean, it's it shows how the cells re- reduce the amount of water volume that's inside of them. Cool. Uh, it's very, very, very well done. Um, and I can't believe I'm writing this this morning on what plant am I? Oh, God. <laughs> you know, uh, my individual flowers are usually pendulous. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, beyond that, it's good. It's good. To, for adult magazines, Mark. No, no. 
I, I, you know, it's funny as I you get a kick out of this one. I, you know, I write for I write every I write articles every other month for the Buckeye Arborist, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've read any of my any of my any, any of my rants and raves. Well, I, I got a phone call this week from this guy in in the, from the New York Arborist Association, which I belong to, and I, I just belong, I I enjoy getting to know people. He calls me up and he says. Mark, we really need you to write articles for us. I said, God, I said, I'd be happy to help you, but, you know, what are your pressing matters of education? I said, he said, everything. I said, oh, God. Well, at least he's got a nerd down. You got everything now. I said, don't give me some topics. We'll talk about it. But, Rich, as always, thank you so much. I appreciate you being part of the program and uh, and, and giving our, our listeners some really good insight on a really important important topic that it that a lot of times gets dismissed and furthermore is one that um god i can't believe i'm still writing this stupid thing um um that it's important for all our listeners to realize that diagnosing plants is is sometimes can be difficult but there are some important keys and one of which is knowing the name of your plants and going through kind of a a very systematic logical con um you know thing you just don't look it up on the internet and go it's got this it doesn't work that way right mr rich is is not just a physical activity it's an intellectual exercise as well highly highly uh, very well said you take care rich and uh, stand by for the next what plant am i which may be done by the time a tisher comes back on the air so what an interesting topic today ph ph what does ph mean and all the important parts of it and uh, by the way it's finally comfortable in the studio this morning started out at 86 I had to take off. I had to take off. I was at the point where I, Christine Casal is going to see me bare chested over here, but but I, but I kept it PG. I didn't. I didn't go that far. I took it down down to my 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 long sleeve shirt underneath my thick shirt thick shirt because I was going to work outside today. So uh, I hope you have a good day. Well, thanks. Hope you do too. Take care, my friend. Bye bye. Okay. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk to Bruno about trees, and we're going to talk to you at 457-1290 and AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton Station for up-to-the-minute severe weather reports. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Watch MASH for one hour, weeknights at 7, now on MeTV, WHIO Classic Television. Television. Time Warner Cable 23 and 372. It's a new year, and we've got the easiest way to a new you. Jim Evans here from the new Evans Infinity of Dayton. Right now is the best time for you to save on a new or pre-owned Infinity. That's right, it's a new year. Kick it off in style. We're excited to add Infinity to the Evans family of dealerships and offer Dayton the best options on a new or pre-owned car. We have a wide variety of pre-owned cars fully serviced by certified luxury technicians. Visit us, and while selecting your vehicle, enjoy a fresh donut and a latte. Plus, we've got the best deals on new Infinities. You could lease a new Q50 for only $265 a month or a QX60 premium for just $399 a month. And for a limited time, take advantage of our 0.99% APR financing on any certified pre-owned Infinity. Hurry in to Evans Infinity of Dayton today. I'm Jim Evans, your dealer for the people. We're located on Loop Road in Centerville, just off of 675. Call 937-434-8877 or visit us at Dayton's Choice for Infinity online at infinityofdayton.com. Leases are 10,000 miles per year for 39 months. 3450 do it signing plus taxes and fees. 395 security deposit with approved credit through Infinity Financial. 0.99% APR for 2436 months. Two more at this price. Offer expires 201.16. You wanted to see me? Yes, please. Have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team, but I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. We want to hire you. You're you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. 
Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. You want to feel connected, informed, included, inspired. So when important things happen, we're here. Your local radio and TV broadcasters. America's number one source for news, weather, and information. On your radio, TV, computer, tablet, and smartphone. We are broadcasters. Always here for you, wherever here may be. Tell Washington local stations matter by texting radio to 52886. Furnished by NAB in the station. Message and data rates may apply. Still writing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's 722, 22 minutes after 7 o'clock on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. We'll check out the updated weather forecast from News Center 7. Mostly cloudy skies expected here today with highs topping out in the upper 20s. Slight chance of a few lingering light flurries early, but those should end as we head throughout the morning hours. Overnight tonight, colder with lows dropping into the middle to upper teens. Your Sunday features partly to mostly cloudy skies with highs in the middle 30s. I'm meteorologist Brett Collar on the Miami Valley's Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. A current scan of the new live Doppler 7 HD ray- radar shows snow off to our east over by Chillicothe. It's 25 degrees in Columbus, 22 in Indianapolis, 22 here in Dayton. On the station that you depend on for weather, traffic, and garden talk, this is AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group Ohio. Now, back to Garden Talk on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. And the views and opinions expressed here on Garden Talk are based on science and the best practices for your yard, garden, and landscape. Oh boy. Let's head to the telephone lines and let's go talk to Bruno. Bruno, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Um, I'm 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 up to my earballs right now. And what plant am I? <laughs> I'm going crazy. But how can I help you, sir? Well, I'm calling about a house that I recently got control over. That was the house I was I grew up in. And in 1970, give or take, my father planted uh, somewhere between a dozen and 18 uh, what he called dwarf fruit trees. Okay. And unfortunately, in the 90s, I wasn't in the, the state, so I don't know exactly what happened to the trees. And then the house was out of my control for a while, and then last six months ago, I got it back. Okay. So uh, when I got it back, several of the trees were gone. I don't know what they died from or if they just were in the way. <laughs> but there are several trees left. I know a couple of them died because the root stock mm-hmm. was allowed to grow up. And then the top half fell off and died. Okay. A, go ahead. Yeah, I guess my first question is, what kind of fruit trees were they? Apple, peach, nectarine, cherry, what were they? Uh, actually, all of the above. So you had a mix of everything. I, I think, and how many years ago were these trees first planted? In the very early, and uh, throughout the 70s. Yeah. Uh, this is a good. This is a kind of a question. More, at least in my mind, framed is what is the average life expectancy of a, of a fruit tree? And, and I think you got to realize that fruit trees need to be viewed like like, like a field of corn. <laughs> okay, they, they have a they're they're perennial, meaning they come back year after year. But they come to a point when they reach that service life, it will soon be over. And what I mean mean by this is simply this. Typically, a typical apple orchard that's planted today, we get probably 25, no more than 30 years of life expectancy out of it. In, in the case of a, of a peach or a, or a plum or a, or nectarine, which, by the way, nectarine is nothing more than a fuzzless peach, um, and cherries as well. We typically get in, in most of the production areas of the United States, if we can get 15 years out of one of those trees, we're pretty lo- doggone lucky. Typically, it's 12. Okay? Okay. Uh, the plants that, that belong to the genus Prunus, like cherries, peach, plums, and nectarines, are, have very short lives. They, they live kind of what I call the James Dean of plants. They live fast and hard. And when, they live, when plants live fast and hard, it's like human beings. They typically don't make it to the next place, okay? Um, so, right. yeah. So I would say to you that, and I understand there's probably some emotional things going on here about preservation and that type of thing. 
I would probably suggest, you know, the apples might be able to be restored with some good restoration type pruning, depending on the kind of um, training system that was used in the beginning. I don't know. I'd I'd have to see it. But I would suggest doing a consultation with, you know, possibly like a a good degreed horticulturist or a certified arborist to kind of look at your site and kind of help you through it. But I think for the peach and plum and nectarine front, they're they're pretty much a foregone conclusion to me to be nothing more than firewood. If if well, they're, if they're still you're, standing, you're absolutely right because those are the ones that died off. All yeah. that's left is a few apple trees. Yeah, and even that, you know, I would say to you that um, even that, I highly doubt those apples are, are are worth the money to put into them. You'd be better off planting new trees. And retraining and training them properly than trying to take old worn out trees and make them into something. Now, the only other thing that you could do in the case of apple, and it can be done with peach and plum and cherry, you can do what we call top grafts. And that's where we come in and literally cut the tree down about um, typically four to five feet above the soil line. And we leave these big knobby things stick out and we actually take a... um, um, basically like a, a wood chisel and we split the trunk and we actually insert um, a scion or our sticks of a variety of of that same type of plant that we would like to grow for example if it's a let's say it's a golden delicious tree and but the top of it's gone on a pot we'll cut it down we'll, we'll cut it and then we'll take a, a, a wood chisel and split it typically in late winter early spring and then we'll cut like scions let's say that you want to raise fuji or you want to raise brayburn or melrose or some other variety and we'll actually bench graft and put those not bench graft but cleft graft those into that portion of the stem now that can be done and typically you got to have a really well-trained horticulturist that understands how to do it and has experience doing it does that make sense to you Absolutely. Yeah, and, and the, the people that do this a lot, that you'll see this in, they do it a lot in Europe, particularly in, in, in England. They keep the same trees around for, for, for centuries, and they'll do these type of, uh, um, of graphs on them. You also will see it, um, I've seen it in, the, in, in California as well, where they'll actually take, you know, overgrown peach and plum trees and reduce them to, to a very short height and then and then lay in these new bud sticks. But needless to say, you only get so many years out of these trees. And and the, you've got to realize that they just won't last forever, sir. I'll, listen, I must run. I wish you only the best and, and thanks for calling the show. Uh, thank you. You gave me plenty of answers. So thank you very much. Happy gardening. Bye. Happy gardening. Bye-bye. When we come back, we'll be talking to Randy Tisher from Green Velvet Sod Farms about the word or the term pH and what does it mean on AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO Dayton and Springfield's 24 hour news weather and traffic on air online at WHIO.com and at the WHIO app the home of Fox News in the Miami Valley your news starts now it's 7.30. I'm Christina Casal with an AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO News Update. Our top story, Snowzilla attacks. We'll tell you more about the massive storm's wintry footprint. We will see a warming trend over the next few days, and with that, a few rain showers are expected. I'm meteorologist Brett Collier. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. From the AM 1290 News 95.7 WHIO 24-hour team traffic center. Checking the freeways for you this morning. No accidents to report. Travel times now 70 eastbound from Snyder Road to 40. That 16-mile drive is running just 15 minutes. And now our top story, an historic winter storm hits the eastern seaboard with the National Weather Service issuing blizzard warnings for every major city from Washington, D.C. to New York. Fox meteorologist Rich Weikmuth has an update. Once the low area of low pressure gets offshore, which it is now, that's when it rapidly strengthens and that's when we get the strongest of the winds coming in and that's what we're going to see throughout the afternoon. That's why all these blizzard warnings are in effect. Up to 85 million people are in the path of the storm that's expected to rock much of the east coast of the United States. And if you had planned 
plans to travel east. Keep in mind that this storm is impacting flights. WHO's Don Tisdall has more. We spoke with Linda Hughes from Dayton International Airport and asked, what will airlines be doing if your flight is canceled? The airline representatives will certainly take care of them if their flight has been impacted and put them on the next available flight. Flights to Charlotte, Washington, D.C. and Baltimore from Dayton have already been canceled today. And you can check your flight information anytime by using the flight tracker at WHIO.com. Dayton's 24-hour news is AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Continuing news now. Well, locally now, Five Rivers Metro Parks have had a big year in 2015. But the parks could get even busier this year because of the River Run project. The removal of the dangerous low dam and the installation of two limestone structures in the Great Miami River will create whitewater features. Cornelius Froelich has more on this story in tomorrow's Dayton Daily News. Here's the exclusive Storm Center 7 forecast from meteorologist Brett Collar. Mostly cloudy skies expected here today with highs topping out in the upper 20s. Slight chance of a few lingering light flurries early, but those should end as we head throughout the morning hours. Overnight tonight, colder with lows dropping into the middle to upper teens. Your Sunday features partly to mostly cloudy skies with highs in the middle 30s. I'm meteorologist Brett Collar on the Miami Valley's Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Checking the Live Doppler 7 HD radar. We are all clear across the Miami Valley. Uh, you will hit snow if you're heading southeast. Chillicothe's got some snow right now. Uh, checking your uh, temperatures, it's 23 degrees in Springfield and 22 in Dayton at 732. Half news breaks, we break in immediately. I'm Christina Casal on Dayton's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO, the home of Fox News. We report, you decide. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-467-1443. That's 1-800-467-1443. 467-1443 or go to selectquote.com. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors not available in all states. Oh, hi. Do you know what this is the sound of? It's the sound of me getting rewarded for doing my part to prevent wildfires. See, right now I'm getting a big, remarkably heartfelt bear hug from Smokey Bear. Thanks, big guy. And now we're shaking. Okay. First, I made sure there were no low-hanging branches when I set up my campfire. Hey, Smokey, let me down for just a second. I need to make sure everyone can hear this. Uh, There we go. Then, when we were packing up to leave, I drowned out my campfire, stirred it, drowned it out again, and then made sure to feel it if it was cold. Oh, Smokey Bear really loves it when you do that, don't you, Smokey? Oh, he lets his hugs do the talking. Visit SmokeyBear.com to learn tips to prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. WHIO News Time is 7.35. Right now we continue to monitor news, weather, and traffic in Dayton's only 24-hour newsroom. This is AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. How can you grow a better lawn? Let's go in the grass with Randy Tisher of Green Velvet Sod Farms on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good morning, Mr. Tisher. Good morning, Mark. Great, great topic today. Yeah, you like that? P. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last last week was CECs, and now we dropped the uh, dropped it down to two letters, PH. But they're both uh, they're both key components of of a soil test, and both key components of of understanding how you can better grow your, in our case, in my case, lawn. But mm-hmm. all these things reflect uh, uh, and are reflected in growing plants uh, in general, or every plant. But uh, pH is uh, is just as important as uh, is understanding CEC 
pH is, uh, is uh, it actually means potential hydrogen, mm-hmm. pH, potential hydrogen, but, uh, you know, it's a measure of the, uh, of, the, of, the, of the pH in your soil, and it, uh, it runs on a scale of, I think, 1 to 14, mm-hmm. and, uh, and 7 uh, is, is considered normal. For turf, you want your pH to be somewhere around 6.5 to 7, and and if it's not there, if uh, if it's lower than that uh, or higher than that, there are things you can do to correct it, Mark. But understanding pH is key because uh, no matter what you do, uh, adding fertilizer, adding uh, you know the things that you do to your your uh, your turf, trying to make it better uh, to correct a problem, uh, if you don't correct the pH, you can throw all the fertilizer in the world on it and uh, and not solve the problem. Yeah, I think it needs to be said too when it when it comes to pH that that depending on what your base saturation level is meaning like for example let's go to think about an area like um like Fairborn, and Fairborn has a very high limestone shelf that's underneath the soils there and limestone constantly cha- constantly buffers or grazes that ph to a a, a elevated level yeah in, in many cases you are never going to change that pH. I mean, it's always going to go be go right back to where um, it started, which in many cases is in the upper sevens and and even sometimes even eight if you're in the right place. And it's it's really difficult to be growing plants in that that are that require low pHs and to be successful. Now, one thing cool about turf grass though is turf grass can can tolerate a higher pH, but, yeah, but you have to supplement its needs for nutrition because as that pH scale slides back and forth, it also allows the availability of nutrients to the plant. For example, at 7.5, phosphorus becomes quite limited to plants. Mm-hmm. And including um, the elements of iron and manganese, and so um, if if you realize that you've got a, a little higher pH, and the soil test will indicate that, then you will probably typically have to supplement the soil with phosphorus, which in many cases is hard to get these days in bags of fertilizer. Yeah, it is. But that's one of the reasons why we see you know lower pH, I mean lower uh, phosphorus levels in a lot of the soils around here is because of those upper range pH. H's, so, yep. Yeah, if you got a low pH down to, to, to five or 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 so, I've seen that. One of my sod fields is five point five, Mark. Uh, wow. And we're constantly when you've got low uh, uh, low pH, you've got acidic soils, and uh, and the way you raise them up is through lime. Uh, you know, I get a lot of people wanting to put lime on their soils uh, every year, and I ask them what their pH is, and. And they really don't know. But if their pH is just like you say already in the sevens or even eight, adding lime is just going to make things worse. So right. uh, uh, if you want to raise your pH, you you normally uh, add lime, some kind of limestone, uh, pretty easy to find. Mm-hmm. If you want to lower the pH, uh, sulfur will do it. But, Mark, you know, it, it takes time. And like you say, sometimes you can't do much at all. But 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 adjusting pH is a long-term process, and uh, mm-hmm. I think it's one that you normally fight uh, uh, forever, uh, to be honest with you. I don't think you ever nope. get it just the way you want it, and it stays there uh, for, for any length of time. Exactly the point. Mr. Tischer, as always, we appreciate you and your great insight on these topics. Yeah, next, uh, next week we're talking about NP and K, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium outstanding how exciting can that be it's a nipica yes <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about nipica yeah i never thought about that yeah okay sorry nipica, I, I, i've never thought of it that way I, i'm sorry i i have these moments in time when i when i have these stupid things yeah obviously on. you've been thinking about np and k a lot more than i <laughs> I, I i think about those things all the time by the way we're getting ready mr tissue to do another what plant am i oh you get it written up yeah in fact this one uh, um, if you eat my leaves, if you're a dog or a cat or a horse, it might hurt you. Hmm. Okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna tune in and listen because <laughs> I have no idea. Thank you. Take good care of yourself. Okay? All right, Mark. Talk to you next week you for know. Nipica. Nipica. All right. On AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 
You've been In the Grass with Randy Tisher of Green Velvet Sod Farms. Our Ask the Expert phone lines are open to answer your gardening and landscape questions. Call Mark Weber at 457-1290. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. By the way, Rich Pearson from Cox Arbor Freedom and Gardens has stated at GardenTalkBlog.com that the Yard Yoda, Randy Tischer, is a fountain, a fountain of information, and that he is. 457-1290. Eric, are we ready for for, for stage two? We're ready. Uh, for what plant am I? All right. You ready, Eric? I'm ready. Okay. And by the way, if you, if you know the answer, dial 457-1290 and realize that the answers that you give must be precise and not can't be generalized. I will just make that rule. Okay, Eric, here I go. You ready? All right. What plant am I? Some call me a lily, particularly if I am in Great Britain. Occasionally by the Japanese name Giboshi. I am called, widely cultivated, cultivated as a shade-tolerant foliage. I am related to asparagus, Eric. I'm a native to Northeast Asia, China, Japan, Korea, and Russia. I am like many liloid monocots. My genus once was classified as a lily. My genus is named after Austrian botanist Leopold Tamaka in 1812 in honor of another botanist named Nicholas Thomas Host. I grow by rhizomes or stolons. My flowers are produced in erect scapes, generally taller than the leaves that mound at the end of the terminals. My individual flowers, Eric, are pendulous. My flowers have six petals, white to lavender to violet in color and usually eric i am i have no scent you can't smell me and eric taxonomists differ on the number of different species of me there may be as many as 45 of me and eric finally i am toxic to dogs and cats due to saponins in my leaves what plant am I? 457-1290. That's 457-1290. If you know, <laughs> if you know the answer to the question. Is this Alex from what does Alex from from Lima want to talk about? Hmm? He has thinks he has the answer. Oh. It is the hosta. <laughs> yeah, you know that, eh? Alex. Outstanding. How do you? And which sub variety? Because there are hundreds of sub varieties. <laughs> are you looking for? It's just hosta. It was just hosta. Yeah. The the, the 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 word. The part that the part that should have gave it away was that my 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 genus was named by an Austrian botanist named Leopold. Tamnika in 1812 in honor of an Austrian botanist named Nicholas Thomas Host. I was on to your other clues before, but that was the absolute dead giveaway. So which part? Which part did you know that was white, getting you to the direction of of, of Hosta? Well, the lily in and of itself. Yeah, uh, is part of the European, I guess. Um, uh, the, the naming of it and the, or the, the Asian naming of it is, is part of a lily. So. Yeah, and what's interesting about hostas are their native their native range is most of uh, of, uh, of of China and and Japan and Korea as well as is Russia and the, and there's a period in, in in the world history in the in the eighteen early eighteen hundreds when the Europeans. Um, who were great plants people um, would send ships into this part of the world and one of the bounties that would come back to Europe and 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 was was plants and there was a number of botanists that would go into Europe from Europe and would sail these tremendous voyages across the oceans to get to these parts of Asia and 
in Japan, for example, there was one port that was allowed for anybody from beyond Japanese society to enter. And they had to pay quite a bounty for collected plants that they could bring back into um, Europe. And, for example, in the case of earlier this morning, we talked a little bit about witch hazel. I don't know if you heard us talk about witch hazel was our first what plant am I? Yep. Um, there was at one point in time over over um, um, 2,000 named varieties of witch hazel that were collected out of Japan and China in the early 1800s. And these witch hazels were brought into Europe and there was and there was multiple varieties and a number of nurseries in an area of what soon would become Belgium because Belgium once was part of the Netherlands um, had were growing these um, uh, witch hazels, and then there was a war between um, um, Bel- between soon to become Belgium and 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 the Netherlands, and a lot of these nurseries were destroyed, and the plants were 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 taken as spoils of war, and disseminated throughout all of Europe, and the names and the varieties and the lineages were lost. So now in the world we have about 600 varieties, I think, of, of witch hazel. And about every year or so, there are a new variety of witch hazel will show up like this brand new plant that they found in the back of somebody's yard. It was probably from the spoils of war that date back into the 1800s. Very interesting. And, and, and it, it, this is kind of the cool thing about plants that I always try to share with people is, is that even though that plant, it's in your yard, you look at it and you go, what the big deal about it? It's got a really cool history that goes with it. And, it's, and it, there's, cool, there's really interesting human stories that, that go with it. And I am always in the, in the lurch for those kind of things to bring to the radio because I really think they, 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 they're very educational and also lets us kind of understand that uh, – Plants are as much part of the human fabric as 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 the as as, as anything else in life. Well, sir, um, I don't want to be, bewilder this conversation much longer. But you've won yourself a twenty-five dollar gift card to Knollwood Garden Center and Landscaping because we're gardeners just like you, and uh, we are so glad that you're listening to the show. And thanks for being part of Garden Talk. And I'm going to put you on hold because Mr. Eric needs to get your vital information so that you can come get your prize. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, and thanks for being part of the show. Have a great Saturday. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Folks, when we come back, we're going to be taking your calls at 457-1290. Along with that as well, digging a little deeper into the season of pruning right here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's our Ask the Experts weekends on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hi, it's Larry Hanskin with Richard Herbst of Keller Williams Hometown Realty 2016 is here. The Fed raising interest rates. Have we seen an effect yet on mortgage rates, Richard? Rates haven't gone up yet, but many of the experts are predicting they are going to start rising here in the next couple of months. So if you're a buyer, you're going to be able to get a lot more home right now with these lower interest rates. So I would encourage buyers to get in the market right now. So we could have more buyers right now than sellers. So if someone has not had their home on the market for a while, is now a good time to get back in? Right. Now's a good time to get back in because there's low inventory right now. The buyers that we're working with right now, many of them are having trouble finding a good home. And if people are interested in selling their home now in this new year, what should they do to get in touch with you? They can reach me at 937-477-1411. And your website, what's that again? That's teamherbst.com, T-E-A-M-H-E-R-B-S-T.com. I can spot a winner when I see one. Richard Herbst at Keller Williams Hometown Realty. The number again? 477-1411. Hey, you know, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop everything off the dry cleaning. Pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Now, the good thing is you don't have to drop off anything or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, well, you can be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Maybe you need extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding thing you do today. Now, it's that easy. Save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Just go to Geico.com. 
Geico.com. Geico.com. Hey, if you have a family, if you own assets or property, well, you should have an estate plan of some kind. Now, whether you need a will or a trust, well, you'll work with an independent attorney now available in most states who's going to walk you through your options and recommend an estate plan that offers you the best solution to fit your individual needs. Since LegalZoom.com is not a law firm, you can count on efficiency and great value. Get your life organized with an estate plan bundle at LegalZoom.com today. Don't forget, enter my last name, Hannity, in the referral box when you check out LegalZoom.com. Paid for by Bonner and Partners, an independent research firm. My name is Bill Bonner, and I'm the president of the largest private news and research network in the world. And I paid for this airtime because I have an important message to the American people. There's a change coming that the government isn't telling you about. This change has deep implications for life in America, from where you shop to the doctors you visit and the family you want to protect. Look, I've made predictions like this before. Thing is, I was right then too. A few years ago, I warned that housing prices would collapse. They did. Before that, I warned that dot-com companies would crash. They did. Those who listened had a chance to save themselves. But this has nothing to do with the stock market. This will affect us all. Bill has posted a free video that details everything you need to know at crisisexposed30.com. Maybe you'll disagree with his conclusions. But first, you need to watch this video and see the facts for yourself. Just go to crisisexposed30.com. That's crisisexposed30.com. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster. When floodwaters reach your door. When wildfires are engulfing the edge of your neighborhood. Or an earthquake is destroying buildings. When a tornado is tearing through town. Or a hurricane strikes. Or is the best time, perhaps, today? During a disaster, you may not be able to stay in touch with your family or friends as easily as you think. And it's not always as simple as using your cell phone. That's why now is the time to take action. Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. let's check out the updated weather forecast from News Center 7. Mostly cloudy skies expected here today with highs topping out in the upper 20s. Slight chance of a few lingering light flurries early, but those should end as we head throughout the morning hours. Overnight tonight, colder with lows dropping into the middle to upper teens. Your Sunday features partly to mostly cloudy skies with highs in the middle 30s. I'm meteorologist Brett Collar on the Miami Valley's Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. A current scan of the new live Doppler HD7 radar shows overcast skies. We've got snow off to our east near Chillicothe, 25 in Columbus, 22 in Dayton, 21 in Wapakoneta. On the station that you depend on for weather, traffic, and garden talk, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When it comes to news, weather, and traffic, we're your station for Dayton and Springfield. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. We're planting the seeds for the next generation here on Garden Talk. Also, I encourage you to check out my company website at www.weberlandscaping.com. And uh, let's head up over to Indiana and let's go talk to David. David, good morning. How you doing, Mark? I'm good, sir. How can I be of service to you today? Um... This uh, fall, I bought a couple of uh, swamp white oaks okay. that uh, went on sale, you know, after they kind of tried to liquidate them a little bit. Anyway, uh, I planted them over in basically what is a pasture, a shaded pasture. Um, How shaded? I'm just wondering, is that uh, swamp white oak going to, does it need a place like almost a more watery place to plant them in or... Should they be okay where they're at? Well, let me ask. Back up for a minute. You said shaded place. What do you mean by shaded place? Uh, They'll probably get... uh, They're in the shade of some other trees. Okay. Um, They get sunlight maybe, I would think. And it's not a a heavy shade. Okay. Um, They'll probably get sunlight maybe, a direct sunlight maybe probably five or six hours a day probably. Okay, okay. Um, by the way, on the shade front, you should be okay. Um, on the on the question about swamp white oak, does it require basically really wet soil? That's really what your question is. Yes. You know, it's interesting you say that. Um, 
I used to think because the word said swamp white oak, it was a species that required wet, nasty, you know, raw yeah. type of site conditions. Well, you know, growing plants like I have for over 40 years, you start to see things that probably most non non nerdy people don't see, okay? And I noticed mm-hmm. I noticed when I grew a lot of swamp white oaks on my farm that and we grow them for production to sell to people that we'd have variety, we we propagate them from seed and and there'd be some that had like really tomentose, um, almost silvery material on the backsides of the leaves. And then there were other ones that we had propagated from seed from other sources that did not have as much tomentose and were almost green on the underside of the leaf. And, you know, the, the botanical name of, of swamp white oak is Quercus um, bicolor. And bicolor in, in Latin means of two, which means you get a silver upper side and a, and a kind of a glabrous or a, um, a tomentose underside to the leaf, okay? Yeah. Well, and, I, and I learned it in Plant ID at Ohio State University as, as that to be it. Well, interesting part about white oak swamp white oak is there's two different types of swamp white oak genetically they are the same they're absolutely the same but there are two subs they're they're subspecies one is an upland species that's that's the one that has the real silvery underside Mm -hmm. and then there's the other and then the lowland species the one that grows in more wetter site conditions doesn't have the tomentose under its underside of its leaves. Now, both are tolerant of wet sites. Both can grow in upland and dry soils. But the genetics between the two has come from, from thousands of years of, of, of genetic exposure to the multiple site conditions. So what, what would this tree has done, like many oaks has do, make oaks do, is they hybridize themselves and adapt to whatever that site condition is. And because sure. the ones that have the real tomentose material on the backside of the leaves mm-hmm. have, a, have, have created a, an adaptation to be to tolerate more dry conditions. And that, that tomentose material on the backside actually reduces the amount of water loss that the plant experienced through transpiration during hot, okay. dry periods. So it's, Yeah, I think my uh, oaks, are, they are the ones that have the wider backside of the yeah. leaves. So. But, but I just wanted to bring, you know, that's kind of the interesting story about swamp white oak is this is a tree that's very adaptable. And its adaptability is just in, 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 is in the proof in, in, in the different spe- subspecies that we see, and both of which will work just fine in your garden as well as mine, sir. Okay? Great. Hey, yeah. great, great question. Thanks for letting me talk about swamp white oak. I love talking about that tree. Um, what, what could the growth rate be on those? Tip, I'll make it quick. Like Typically, that. we're getting about, on mine at home, I'm getting 18 to 24 inches a season. Okay. Very great. good, sir. I got to run. Now. Okay, thank you very much, Mark. Uh, bye-bye. bye-bye. More Garden Talk and next hour just ahead. Give, give, give us a call, 457-1290 on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.